Hey, Mel. Bri here. Gotta work from home today because the whole family caught a nasty... Daddy! Hey, Mikey! If you're gonna puke, find the popcorn bowl! But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm gonna get you that budget. Just as soon as... Right. Mikey! Popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart. Brian. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Milwaukee, start your engines. It's time to talk about all things racing. NASCAR, IndyCar, sports cars, and Formula One. This is the Final Inspection Show, presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Now, here's your host... Steve Zaki. And welcome back to the Final Inspection Show. Steve Zaki and joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, it is Mike Lashman from uh, Vintage uh, Vintage IndyCar. And uh, welcome to the show, Mike. Hey, Steve. How are you doing? Good to hear your voice. And hi to everybody up there in the great, wonderful uh, state of Wisconsin. Yeah, well, thank you. Appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, we're getting pretty excited. Uh, racing has started. Uh, we're getting some of the short tracks going, and now uh, we're going to have uh, Road America going here in a few weeks. And, uh, of course, the NTT uh, IndyCar Series is going to be up there. Looking forward to that. But also, kind of an added uh, added uh, flavor, I guess you could say, is we're going to have uh, vintage IndyCars running up there, too, on uh, Saturday and Sunday, aren't we? That's correct. And this just happened uh, within the past few days. It wasn't on our schedule. We had been talking to Road America and, George Brugenthies and Mike up there uh, going back a few years, and it was always a situation of uh, them being able to find time in the busy IndyCar schedule with Road to Indy and uh, the Miata Series and whatnot. But I got a phone call last Thursday a week ago, and we started a conversation, and, uh, you know, we're going there, and we're really, really excited about it, and it's just been a crazy couple of days since this came out, so... We're really happy for all the fans up there, and uh, we're really looking forward to coming to Road America. And this is going to be pretty neat, but it's not—it's not just going to have a couple cars do a lap or two. We're—we're we're talking about how much time on on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, they've slotted us in for a morning session on Saturday and an afternoon session on Saturday, and we've also got a morning and an afternoon session on Sunday. And then uh, we've had some conversation about some parade laps. We'll see if that they're able to do that. Uh, we'll be paddocked in the north paddock area up there, just coming off turn 14 onto that long, beautiful uphill straightaway where the Lester garage is at, the Lester carport, I believe it's called. And uh, our paddock will be open to fans. We're and uh, we're, expect, we're expecting at least 20 cars already. So excellent! it's going to be a great, great weekend. We're talking to Mike Lashman on the Great uh, Midwest Bank Hotline from the Vintage Indie Group, and uh, actually, it's kind of what the, the the neat thing for fans is that they'll be able to see these uh, cars uh, up front, aren't they, and close? 
Yeah, you can get up close and uh, see the cars and talk to the owners and the drivers and a lot of the crewmen that come along with these cars are former, uh, you know, IndyCar mechanics, some of them chief mechanics like Rick Duman and uh, a lot of knowledge in our paddock and a lot of history. And uh, we're going to have a, probably a couple of former Indy 500 drivers down in our paddock doing an autograph session. Uh, we've talked to David Hobbs and Don Devine about driving the Corvette pace car for us. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a really special weekend for the fans up there. Okay, and then for those who are wondering, uh, where exactly is this again? Let's make sure the, the fans know where you're going to be at. So at Road America, we're going to load in on Friday, the 10th of July. Mm-hmm. And we will be we will be paddocked in what the track terms the North Paddock. So coming off the last corner at Road America, which is turn 14, before you go on to the straightaway, Uh, The entire paddock runs along the right side of that main straightaway. So we are that first paddock area on the right-hand side of the main straightaway coming off turn 14, the north paddock. And And there's a structure there. There's a structure there called the Lester Carport, and uh, we're going to use that structure, those garages. You know, the cars will be there. It's a pretty large paddock area and a lot of room for a lot of people, so... Yeah, in the past, uh, if, if fans have been up there the uh, last several years, it's been used uh, intermittently. And uh, a lot of times the MX-5 Cup has been there over, uh, over the past, past few right. years, too. So, yeah, it's, it's a really nice area. Uh, you can, you know, you know, if you're camping, get on your golf cart or jump in your car and take a run down there and spend some time in it. It'd be a lot of fun. And uh, what else is happening this year for the uh, vintage Indy cars? Where else can fans uh Well, see, we, we see started cars? out the year at the St. Louis Auto Show with a couple of cars. We do that every year for the folks down at the WWT Raceway, a.k.a. Gateway in St. Louis, where we go every August. This will be the third year we're going back to Gateway with IndyCar, but uh we unfortunately we were scheduled for the Milwaukee Mile for the second year with the ARCA Midwest Tour and Bob Sargent Track Enterprises. We were there last year, had a great time. He had a great turnout. Uh, unfortunately, because of everything we're going through, that event didn't happen this year. Hopefully, it'll happen next year. Bob really wants to go back there, and we do too. And we were also scheduled for the Pittsburgh Vintage Grand Prix uh, late in July, but unfortunately, that event was canceled uh, entirely. We've got an invite to go back there next year as well. So uh, we have a test scheduled at WWT Raceway a week from today in St. Louis. Uh, It's an eight-hour all-day test. We're going to have close to 20 cars down there, some brand-new cars, a couple of guys that have never driven an Indy car before that just finished restorations. And then uh, 10 short days later, we'll load in up at Road America, and then in August – uh, 28th through 30th, we'll be back down in St. Louis at WWT Raceway with IndyCar for the Bomberito 500. So those are our those are our three events right now, and uh, who knows what could happen with all the schedule changes and going into fall. And uh, I'm hoping maybe that we pick up another event in the fall somewhere, perhaps even with IndyCar. So Looking that's kind of where we're at right now, and we're pretty busy. So yeah, well, what's the easiest way to find uh, the Vintage IndyCar Group on the web? Uh, you can find us on the internet at vintageindieregistry.com, and we just launched a, a brand new version of our website. And uh, there's about, I think, Steve, close to 160, 170 cars in the registry, and we've got 80 up on the website already. So, and they're categorized by year, starting in the 30s and then coming up through the late 90s cars. 
So vinnydigiregistry.com. And you guys and then are you all can over find social us, media, too. All over social media. I have a huge following, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Uh, lots of great pictures on there of the current vintage cars. Lots of great pictures, you know, from years ago at Indianapolis yeah. and Milwaukee and you name it. And uh, just, just a lot of fun to go on those websites and scroll back through all those pictures. Make sure you get up to Road America for the Rev Group Grand Prix presented by AMR Road America with the NTT uh, IndyCar Series. And plus, you'll get to see some really, really cool vintage IndyCars, too, on uh, Saturday and Sunday. Mike Lashman, we certainly appreciate you joining the show. Thanks, Steve. Look forward to seeing you in a few few weeks. Excellent. And uh, that was Mike on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Has your passion outgrown your home? A Great Midwest Bank home renovation loan may give you the space it deserves. Visit GreatMidwestBank.com today. Simply local lending since 1935. Coming up next, we're going to talk with Brian Kapinski. We're going to talk to him about midget car racing, Badger midget car racing. Coming up next on the Final Inspection Show. <laughs> This is Final Inspection with Steve Zockey. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove on 105.7 FM, The Fan. And hey, welcome back to the Final Inspection show. Steve Zockey and joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, it is Brian Gapinski. Brian, welcome to the show, sir. Hey, great to be on, guys. You uh, you guys got a great, uh, concise, uh, versatile show. I like to catch it when I can and stuff. Kind of cover everything from A to Z and keep your fan base uh, that just like NASCAR and IndyCar to the to the local deal. So you guys are doing a great job. Now, this first question, I'm, we're, we're going to jump right into the deep end because this is probably the <laughs> longest since World War II that Badger Midgets have had such a uh, stretch of no racing. Is that correct? Yeah, it'll actually be the latest season opening event in the history since Badger started back in uh, June of 1936. The season has been delayed by 49 days. Um, we're doing a little better than Major League Baseball, but um, it's it's been you know it's it's issues that every every sports series and every entertainment venue has, has faced since uh, you know early March. But uh, we're rebounding. Uh, we're projecting 13 to 15 races. We're constantly, the schedule's changing. We're working on further events. Um, some great news that Northern Illinois has, it will be opening up in, in after, uh, like, uh, July 16th, the Sycamore Speedway, where we run a lot of events will be open. So our complete August and September schedule will fall into place there. Um, and obviously, Seven days from now, we're at the at the Wilmot uh, Raceway for for year number eighty four. Yeah, I'm certainly looking forward to that. Me and a couple of buddies will be down there on June twenty seventh at Wilmot, and uh, so for the first event of the year. And what's cool about it, it's also the salute to uh, Harry Turner. And explain to the listeners a little bit on, on Harry Turner. Certainly a very popular and uh, talented midget car builder and former driver too. Yeah, he was he was a racer. I, I actually fortunately got to know Harry in the twilight of his career and uh, spent some countless hours in his shop having us help us fix some things at times. And a great guy, veteran Hall of Fame driver and car owner. And uh, in 1973, they were pushing off a field of cars for a race. 
and he got run over by a car, dragged around the track, paralyzed in a wheelchair for the rest of his life, but never let up, and uh, was still a successful car owner after that, and uh, a great fabricator, and we salute him. This is the 11th time uh, we've done this event since 2005, so it's a great uh, deal. They usually bring out some of the older cars and stuff around this place, so it's a nice event. Great way to kick off uh, off uh, the year, and then uh, of course, one week after um, our event at Wilmot, we'll be at Beaver Dam on the fourth of July. It'll be the Wisconsin Wingless Sprint Car Series, the Legend Series that runs at the Beaver Dam Raceway, and Badger. So that's going to be a great uh, triple dip on the fourth of July too. So those are our first two opening events. Everything else is falling into place, and once Dane County opens. Uh, the oldest continuous uh, short track Angel Park Speedway will uh, be able to uh, to get going. The oldest continuous Wisconsin short track, so uh, it's going to be uh, you know it's it's going to be a later season, but uh, we'll get it in and and we'll move on and you know look forward to 2021 also. Uh, next week, of course, at Wilmot, you're going to have defending series champion Chase McDermott, who's actually going to be on the show next week. 2019 series champion uh, Chase McDermott, of course, is one of the favorites. Who are some of the other drivers? Uh, uh, should the uh, pretty much everybody from the top tens returning, other than uh, runner-up Jack Routson, who's gone a different route with his racing career. So it's 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 going to be a good event. Zach Bowden, who won the event uh, last year. Kevin Olson, Scott Hatton, um, Ryan Probst, who won two years ago at Wilmont, and um, a lot of up-and-coming drivers and a bunch of veterans mixed in there, Kurt Mayhew. And uh, so it, it was really a competitive last uh, season for Badger. 19 races, 11 different feature winners in uh at seven different tracks, so it was a great year. Chase McDermott, the youngest uh, champion in the history of Badger, a great guy. He's an up-and-coming driver, and uh, he's definitely going to be uh, tough to defend, uh, to, to, to knock him off his, his uh, title Brian defense. Pinsky on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline of Badger Midgets. And, uh, yeah, so we're getting real excited about the the, the, the season starting off. And uh, I guess what what is uh, we had Larry Janisek on just before, and he was going to ask who who are the three drivers that you've seen midget midget drivers that you would uh, list at the top. You mean dating back to when I was a little kid and went to a race yeah. in 1970? But you have to see them in person in a midget. Yeah. Obviously, Rich Vogler would be one of them. That was my pick. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Tony Stewart would be in there for versatility on all different types of tracks. Um, how about how about a twenty-person tie for third place? That gets me off the hook, Steve. <laughs> well, give us <laughs> give give us a couple of drivers that you saw that were that really impressed you, but maybe didn't have the results that fans may go, "Oh yeah, I remember him." Who, who's who's somebody that really impressed you? Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Oh yeah, thanks, thanks, thanks for thanks for letting me know on that one. Um, you know, I mean, uh, right now the drivers that have run in the last 20 years, it's pretty much a two or three year experiment midget racing, and they either move on to mm-hmm. a, a higher discipline of racing or they're out. So you really got to impress quickly and get the job done. It's it's a whole different uh, 
it's a, it's a whole different scope than midget racing was like 25 years ago. Now it's become, you know, you win a bunch of midget races and hopefully you get picked to, to move on the development, uh, the driver development train and stuff like that. So it's, it's tough. I mean, a lot of guys won a ton of races, but never at the, at the time of their career, if they were winning a lot in the nineties or the eighties, the opportunities for NASCAR or, or Winston cup weren't, or NASCAR I should say, or IndyCar racing wasn't there. So it's, it's kind of a double-edged sword. Some guys won a few times were great. You thought they were going to be somewhere and then the money ran out and and they were done. So it's hard to compare eras of, of, you know, between the seventies and now pretty much with the way the cars are in the, the racing discipline. What's uh, sh- should the fans be concerned about? What's happening with with some prairie with the village and the track there? No, I mean it, it, it's 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 really it's Dane County. I mean mm-hmm. Madison International Raceway in Oregon, about twenty five miles away. They're in the same boat as Angel Park Speedway. Um, you know, there has been development around Angel Park Speedway in the last couple of years with high school and condominiums and, and other land development and businesses and stuff. But the track is, is everybody at the track now, the, the management staff that's there is very friendly with the city. The city, there's a better communication level than there was, you know, 10, 12 years ago. So it, it's pretty solid. And, you know, be it the Madison Mallards or Madison International or Angel Park Speedway, everybody's kind of on hold with, uh, with 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 the health lockdown, we're at the mercy of those people. What is um, you've been adding a lot, or the series has been adding a lot of content, uh, videos and whatnot. Tell us what's the latest for fans that are looking that want to see, you know, old races or research or looking at you know, because such a storied history yeah. the Badger Midgets have. Um, the Badger website bmara.com carries all the current points and results. We're working on a database I've been working on for about the last year with uh, Quinn McCabe, our president. We're going back and we're going to try to have every race result ever from Badger all the way back to 1936. That's something that's in the works. Badger, uh, BadgerTV.com. Uh, go, go to the Badger Midget Racing website. You can find the link to the TV thing. It's got races, race content back to like 2000 and. I believe, I believe, no, actually about 1990. You can watch the old race videos. They're all up there. Um, we also got some YouTube videos on some things recently. So it's we're, just, we're trying to mix in as much as you need to focus on 2020 and your current drivers. You can't look back on your history, mm-hmm. especially with a, a series like Badger that has 80 years of history behind it. you you got to realize that your history has gotten you where it is right now. And, and there's been a lot of recently in the world, uh, I think especially so in the last couple of weeks, but even before that, a lot of people don't want to remember anything that happened more than a year or two ago. So, you know, you can, it's a good series. And, you know, I know like USAC and in the world of outlaws and ourselves and in some of those types of series, they've, they've got great historical content on their websites and they remember, 
you know, the past drivers and stars. And that's even why we have some memorial races. We actually have uh, the Harry Turner race, which is next week at Wilmot, you mentioned. We have the Norm Nelson Classic at Angel Park Speedway in August. And we have the Kevin Doty Memorial Race at the end of the year. So we do remember some past drivers, and, it, and it's really a good way to interject the, the fans with what happened, you know, 20 or 30 years ago or 50 it certainly is. So let's uh, just go over. When can we see the Badger Midgets next? The first two races, next Saturday, June 27th at Wilmont Raceway. The following week, July 4th, Beaver Dam Raceway with the Wisconsin Wingless Sprints and the Legend Cars. Follow the Badger Racing website, bmara.com. The rest of the stuff with Sycamore and Angel Park will be falling into place within the next couple of weeks. We also have some other events during the season at uh, at Plymouth and stuff. So all that's going to fall into place, and uh, we're looking for a projected uh, 13 to 15 races. All right, I got one more question here. This is really out of left field. Everybody talks about the uh, one of the last 100-mile races, Badger Midget races, for many years was at uh, 65, the Jigger Soroy one in Decatur Buick. Right. Um, is there any other iconic races that, that when you're at the track, somebody comes up to you, oh, I remember as a kid I saw this or that. Is there another race that comes up uh, equally as iconic? Yeah, you know, there, there's, probably, there's probably about 10 that stand out, but that's one of them. Uh, the return of Badger Midgets to the Milwaukee Mile in 1983, a field of 50 midgets, that's iconic. Many events at many sun, several Sun Prairie events, and then a few Pepsi Nationals stand out. The uh, the 1988 Pepsi Nationals that was run till two o'clock in the morning. The 1991 where Jeff Gordon won the D C and uh, ran like third in the B, crashed out in the A. Epic title battle between Dean Erfurth and Dan Boris. Uh, 2000 Pepsi Nationals with Dan Boris. Scott Hatton, Kevin Doty, and Kevin Olson all having a shot at, at a championship for uh, for top names. So there's several of those events that that, that kind of come to the to the top of my head that a lot of fans would see. Not too many people ask about the 65 race because uh, right. you know <laughs> you got to you got to be at least 70 to be there probably and remember right. it. Yeah, it's even before my time. So, but. Uh... Uh, certainly, uh, I've talked to Jigger about it. it. It obviously is one of his favorite races. So, uh, neat guy. Oh, one final question. Um, yeah. so, uh, you know, one of my pet peeves with short track racing is, is the program itself, how it's run, uh, Badger midgets. Are they fan friendly when it comes to getting the program run through in a, a decent amount of time? Yes, we, we are very concise. We actually keep track of how long our events go, the, our portions in the multi-programs and stuff. It's very concise. Grand Prix-style qualifying, we, we separate the field into probably three or four segments. Hot laps and qualifying are all together. Boom, boom. We can, we can qualify 30 cars in 12, 15 minutes, if Excellent. not less. And then the heat races are progressive. By time, some of the slower cars are with the slower cars. The faster cars, they got to race their way through and get a, a, a top finish in their heat race so that they can start up in front of the feature and avoid the B main. And then uh, the A mains, like I said last year, if you need any, uh, any uh, knowledge or anything to know on how good we were, 19 features, 11 different feature winners at seven different tracks, and uh, half the races by 
separate it by less than a second at the end. Excellent. That sounds like a winner to me. 2020 Badger Midget season opener, June 27th at Wilmont Raceway. Make sure you get out there and uh, buy the tickets when you get there, correct? Yeah, correct, correct. If you, if you have any questions on any of this stuff, you can also check out the Wilmont uh, Raceway uh, deal. They they have food and they have some concessionary requirements and some other stuff but but check it out they're they're pretty much this is they've actually been open two weeks now they've had some great crowds so come out support short track racing the badger midget series and uh and we'll be back on later this year with you steve and uh i'm sure i know you guys will be following uh, every race thank you you bet. And don't forget, Chase McDermott, next week, the 2019 Badger Midget will be on. Midget Champion will be on. We'll talk to him about uh, what he expect expects uh, at the Badger Midget season opener at Wilmot on the 27th of June. Brian, thank you so much. Appreciate you coming on. And coming up next, we're going to talk with uh, Fast Eddie Lapine from RacingNation.com. Coming up next on the Final Inspection Show. Show Steve Zaki and joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, it is Eddie Lapine from RacingNation.com. Welcome to the show, Eddie Lapine. Hey Steve, how are you today? I'm doing fine. Got a little rain coming through, but not an all-day rain. Beautiful. It's been absolutely beautiful up here in Wisconsin the last uh, couple of weeks. Can't complain about that. But uh, some sad news in the world of motorsports, and that's uh, former kart champion and, and probably had, had one of the guys who had one of the greatest comebacks of all time. Alex Zanardi was uh, involved in a serious accident on his, uh, uh, what do you call it, a pedal, but not a pedal bike, but a hand 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 uh, push uh, bike, I guess. That's, that's, that's close enough, Steve. But, you know, he's been doing this Olympic uh, paraplegic uh setting all these records and as as Alex would in everything he does um, when he came back from his injury winning in a race car and I saw him the most recent time at Daytona which I posted on Facebook and I'll put it on the fan Facebook I got the news yesterday from a couple drivers in Italy that he was in a very serious uh, road accident uh, in one of those competitions, I a lot of sketchy details. Um, I know it was a heavy-duty truck, is what the report was. It was a big truck, and he uh, veered out of the lane and, and made contact. Now, uh, my recent source this morning said that he has been a, he's had multiple operations, but. They don't know what the status is with his head injury right now. So I think he had a very serious, and you know, bicycle helmets are not racing helmets for accidents like that. So it's a good thing he had that bicycle helmet because I'm I'm pretty certain he would have been killed if he did not have that bicycle helmet. But unfortunately, it is not really designed for the type of wreck that uh, Alex had. And in a situation like this, the next you know, 24 to 48 hours is very important. Uh, regarding the um, uh, surgery is what they're trying to do is reduce the swelling and just cut down and try and let the brain heal. And that's the biggest thing. 
And you're always worried about somebody like Alex, who was, you know, he's in an induced coma now, and this is his second one. Obviously, he was in induced coma back in 2001 in, in Europe when he had his horrific accident. So we just uh, pray for the best with Alex. But if there's one guy who can overcome something like this, it is Alex, isn't it, Eddie? Yeah, definitely. Uh, he is one of a kind, and and that goes with his fans, too. Uh, they're all one of a kind. I mean, uh, when something like that happens, you see how many people really care. Um, and Alex Zanardi is probably one of the most humbled and nicest race drivers that I have ever run across. Uh, and, and, and that's speaking from every driver, too. I'm speaking right. for drivers as well as fans. Um, so I, all we can do is just, like you said, Steve, this is a very crucial period of time, these few uh, days, to see what happens. And uh, let's hope uh, he can come back again, definitely. Right. Uh, switching gears, uh, you're down in Florida, and they're going to actually have some racing down there, uh, 4th of July weekend, of course, and part of that's going to be the IMSA returning uh, to the historic Daytona International Speedway, and with some limited fans. Uh, and the, the, walk us through what, what's happening with the IMSA group and uh, Daytona well, coming up in a few weeks. Well, they're letting, they, they gave out 5,000 uh, tickets, or sold 5,000 tickets, which, you know, I mean... <laughs> For this time of the year at Daytona, it's going to be a blistering hot race. It's a one-day show, and they're going to allow campers, but nobody's going to be allowed in the paddock and the pit area except for essential workers, which would be mechanics. And they're trying to limit that, too, as well. Um, they're trying, you know, they're, they're just following suit like NASCAR has been doing. And I think Daytona is a great place for them to start. Um, seeing, I mean, that was where the first race was, but for space and mm-hmm. being able to social distance and be safe around and have people around, I think that's a great place to do it. And I, I've talked to several drivers that are on their way to come here for it. And they're very excited. I, Especially, I won't, won't name names, but I can tell you they're very excited uh, that they're going to be on the track and not uh, uh, eye racing. Let's let's yeah, we'll leave sure. it at that. Yes, exactly. Um, and I think this is kind of neat. Uh, I mean, perfect for TV. This year we'll, we'll be busy Fourth of July. Maybe not as busy as we usually are, but it's a later start, isn't it? It's starting in the late afternoon and end at night, isn't it? Well, yeah, I mean, uh, the, the race is going to start in, I think it's 640, I'm sorry, if, if my time thing is off a little bit, but, um, and it's going to run into the evening, and I think that, you know, I mean, hopefully weather won't be a factor, as we know, Florida, the rains can come, and could the heat and the humidity, so, but, I mean, for many years, I went to that race when they had the Paul Revere Mm-hmm. Uh, the weekend of the NASCAR race at night. Um, and, you know, it should be a good race. I mean, definitely. To, I think you know, that, I mean, get I mean, these guys I back the, up to speed. Yeah, I think the timing is perfect. I think it's great for uh, 
for TV later in the day like that, and then for the fans, for those lucky fans who got in there, I mean, to be in the in, in the infield like that, bring your camper that, and even if the weather is, you know, even if it's hot, you, you know, the weather's going to start cooling off. Uh, you can have air conditioning in, in your RV or in your car if you get too hot. And I think it's just going to be, I mean, the ultimate kind of like tailgating event, which I know people are certainly uh, itching to do, aren't they? Oh, I mean, you know, we're interested to do it everywhere and, and, and do it safely. I mean, I think that's the big thing now with what we're seeing in the news and stuff like that. And, you know, I mean, we still have to be a little careful with this. I mean, it's actually getting a little worse here. So with all the people at the beaches and stuff, but I think if people just use their head and, and right. I think it's, it's going to be a great, it's going to be a great event. It's going to be a great way to jumpstart the second part of the season, uh, especially for the sports car series. And it's a great time. They'll have it on TV. You'll be able to see it. And hopefully it'll be a good race. Should be pretty cool. And you'll be coming up to Wisconsin in a few weeks, uh, the week after that, aren't you? Yeah, I'm very excited uh, to come to Road America, as I've done for 20-plus years. So Mm -hmm. uh, it was supposed to be this weekend, actually, the IndyCar race. Um, I'm still getting the alert on my phone for my uh, airplanes leaving tomorrow morning to come home. <laughs> so, but, uh, you know, I, it, Road America is another great place for the Indy cars to come to. And, and as we see now that with the June sprints running there and the motorcycles running there, that they're, they're getting acclimated to the new thing. Yeah, should be should exciting. Be of, oh, yeah. So much looking forward to that. And uh, I was talking to Guy Hobbs, uh, who we'll have on next week. Uh, he, he's having an event up at Seacons, uh that weekend. And, you know, there, it's it's kind of like, uh, as I was saying, you know, we need to kind of put our toe in the water. And that's certainly the way it has been up at Road America the last couple of weeks with the June Sprints last week. And then with the SVRA, the vintage uh, racing cars up there this weekend. So, And then we'll see uh, how it goes on uh, IndyCar Week. I'm looking forward to that. I'm sure a lot of the fans are looking forward to it also. Eddie, we yes, certainly I appreciate mean, you uh, joining yes. the show. And uh, what's the latest at RacingNation.com? Uh, I mean, just our Formula One debacle that's happening. And we're working on a couple other stories that'll be coming up and uh, be posted in the next week or so. So it, we're excited to. Get, I mean, we really want to get the season going uh, for us and the fans and the race drivers especially. Sure. Looking forward to it, and I think my phone is cutting out a little bit, so uh, this is actually perfect timing because uh, coming up uh, after the break here, when we, we when we return, uh, we'll play uh, When I Was on the Big Show, and uh, me, Sparky, and Packer Hall of Famer Leroy Butler were uh, debating on Dale Earnhardt Jr. going into the NASCAR Hall of Fame. That's coming up next on the Final Inspection Show. This is Final Inspection with Steve Zockey. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. On 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway 
in Union Grove. They are open today, so get out there uh, amidst the storms. I think that for the most part, they're they're moved through. Mayor Mitch here, Steve Zaki, Jeff Orlowski as well. On the final inspection show, Steve joined the boys on the Wendy's big show earlier this week on Wednesday after some news came out that NASCAR was moving their all-star race to Bristol, which holds about 146,000 people. Obviously, they're not going to have that many, but they're going to shoot for 30,000. And Steve Sparky Pfeiffer asked Mr. Zotke if he was excited about that number. You bet I am. I mean, that's about 18%. So I'm thinking at, at that, you're probably only putting, what, about three people in a row, if that? So I think there's lots of room to spread about. I mean, for for somebody like me that doesn't like crowds, that that would be the perfect perfect scenario. Get to sit back, watch a race, and uh, have some elbow room. But no, but but seriously though, I you see know, 18%. I think I think that's a number everybody can agree on. And uh, it's it, you know it it'll be interesting how they they space them out if they mandate. You know, everybody has to sit on an end and the one in the middle. Or can you, if you if you come with somebody, husband and wife, can they sit together? How how exactly they do that? I'm not sure, but it should be interesting to see. Yeah, I think that uh, NASCAR has really come a long way, Steve. They really have, you know, uh, banning the uh, Confederate flag. You know, being a, a Bubba Wallace. A fan now, not to mention having people like Kamara uh, running back for the Saints come to watch him. I think NASCAR has really opened this up to more African-Americans being uh, on board with even watching it. So when they say a particular number, you know, 5, 10, 15, 30,000, I think more people are going to say NASCAR kind of ahead of the curve in getting fans into these stadiums, 160, 130,000 people, just put 30,000 in. Again, I agree with you. I don't know how they do it. But my question is, do you think people will follow the rules if they have to have a mask on? I mean, because these are people, you know, most fans don't like to be told what to do, but most fans do follow the rules. Now, you know that the fan base, uh, the fans, will they follow the rules if you have to have a mask on and sit in a particular area? Maybe even you can't bring in food. Maybe you can. Whatever the rules are, will they follow the rules? Yeah, I'm sure they will. And it's interesting, you know, a lot of the tracks are different. Like uh, we had John Everett from Road America on uh, a couple weeks ago, and when, when they're starting to have fans, in fact, they had some fans at the event last week, and the, you know they're they're mm-hmm. recommending what they're saying, and I'm sure a lot of tracks are going saying this. Uh, they're recommending masks, and if you're in an area with other people, please wear a mask. You know, it's just a, it, it, it's a common courtesy, and I think you're seeing that with with people when you go to the store. If I go to the store, if there if there's a large amount of people, I'm going to put a mask on. If I'm the only one in the store and they're not mandating it, I'm not going to put a mask on. And I think you're going to see that to track too, especially someplace with, with a lot of elbow room, such as Bristol, that is so huge, or a track like Road America, which is so vast that you can fit a whole bunch of people in that four-mile area uh, of the track. You know, there's, it, it's, it's going to be uh, a lot of room for, uh, you know, spacing out. So I don't think that'll be an issue. Yes. Yeah, see, see, I think the, the gray area of it is somebody like you that has a measured thought if you say it's recommended, that means most people probably won't do it. But if you just say, listen, it's required 
that means just like they'll be able to ask you to leave that like for guy was fighting or for guy threw his beer on a guy or you know something like that they gotta if they put these gray areas in there then most people probably wouldn't and then now you have people policing themselves guys want to fight other people who don't do it then it gets political sometimes you just got to set rules and we all live under rules and you just have to follow the rules if you want to come but they got to let the fans know enough time while they're getting ready to come. Well, it's also the house rules too. I mean, if if you're having an event, it's up. You know, you should be considerate of who's. You know, it's like if you go to a buddy's house, if they say take your shoes off before you walk in the right. house, you're going to take your that's shoes right. off. So, you know, if, <laughs> that's if right. If is mandating wear a mask, you know, I think the fans are going to wear a mask because the mm-hmm. alternative is, you know, you you sit home and watch it on TV and there's no fans there, so it's either you know it's either all or, or nothing. Time with Steve Zaki of the Final Inspection Show, presented to you by Great Lakes Drag Away here on the Fan Catch. Steve and Jeff Orlovsky, Saturdays from noon until two. Uh, the other reason uh, that we got you on uh, was to talk about this whole thing with Dale Earnhardt Jr. Yesterday, uh, they uh, said that Dale Earnhardt Jr. will be going in uh, as the next class uh, into the NASCAR Hall of Fame. Uh, Leroy Butler, I believe, uh, is in favor of this uh, and is fine with it. As you could well imagine, Steve Zotke, I am not. Uh, but having said all of that, uh, see why you Zotke, believe you t- why Dale Earnhardt Jr. belongs in the Hall of Fame. Well, here, here, here's the issue that, that, that they have is, is how they do the voting. And the voting is broken down into sections. There's a modern era a ballot. There's a pioneer ballot a land, and a landmark uh, award ballot. So you're, you're, the, the voters are kind of hamstrung. It's not like the top four or five vote getters get in for each for each area and uh with the modern day ballot he had dale earnhardt jr and then who was he going up against well he was going up against neil bonnet who's a very worthy opponent is he is he you know is he going to get in this year no jeff burton eh. no carl edwards carl edwards has an issue because he retired and he kind of took his ball and went home there's a story there but at least he won a championship yeah, and then there's Harry Gant, who's a very, very, very popular driver. Harry Hyde, I mean, he's the he's the character, he's the mechanic in uh, Days of Thunder that they they they, they fashioned a character after. Larry Phillips was an absolute uh, demon uh, when it came to late model racing, but a lot of fans, especially nationwide, don't know him. Ricky Rudd, a very, very good driver, steady driver. He won the Brickyard. He's won 22 mm-hmm. times. But you know, it's Ricky Rudd, tough guy. And is he worthy to be in there? Yes, but you know, and and then you have Kurt Schilberding, who I don't think is, is is worthy, especially at this time. And then Mike Stefanik, who got a uh, awesome, awesome driver from the uh, New England area, modified driver, and got in on, on that way. Unfortunately, lost his life in a silly, silly, sad uh, plane wreck where uh, the plane crashed because the mechanic left a rag in the engine. So oh, uh, lost no. his life because of that. So uh, he got in on, on the ballot this time. Uh, you know, Dale, Dale Jr., yeah, it's, you know, there's those. I, do I really care? Yeah. Would I have voted for him? Probably not. But am I going to get worked Steve, up over it? No, because he's going to he, win. Listen, listen, this is, this is where my issue is. And, and okay. It's been my issue the whole time. It was my issue. He was a, he was a better driver back early in his career than he was after he made the move to Hendrick. I mean, you could say he was better 
when he was a part of the original deal with uh, his family with that than he was later with Hendrick and, and how the rest of his, his his career turned. And if you watch on um, Twitter yesterday, as the national writers are talking about Junior being in, nobody mentions he never won a championship. Nobody mentions he never took out Jimmy Johnson at that point. Nobody mentions he never he never won the big deal. And Instead, what you get is, well, he belongs in the Hall of Fame because of the popularity he brought to the sport. That's the reasoning that people use as to why he belongs into the Hall of Fame at the end of the day. Then I was started Googling because, you know, me last night I was I I just could. I mean, I'm not surprised that they put him in. Right. Because obviously everybody loves Dale Jr. I get it. And I don't dislike you. And I no, I don't dislike Dale Jr. at all. That's not it. That's not it at all. My only issue is for a Hall of Fame and Leroy, we've talked about it with the Pro Football Hall of Fame. It should be the best of the best. The greats. That's what it should be all about. And while he was a very popular driver after his dad died and he kind of carried the torch for NASCAR, and if you went to a NASCAR race back then, probably, what, 95 to 98% of the fan base at a race was probably Dale, er- Dale Earnhardt Jr. fans. Um, I, I, I Just not, not being able to finish and, and never being that real dominant driver. He was, you know, at Talladega and Daytona, fine. Those were his tracks, always were for the Earnhardts. Uh, but outside of that, man, Zaki, I, I, I just, I never thought he was a Hall of Fame type driver. There he is, Steve Sparky Pfeiffer, the former host of this very program, the Final Inspection Show. That's going to do it for us this week. Steve Zaki, Jeff Orlowski, myself, Mayor Mitch. Thanks to George Phillips of Oil Pleasure Blog, among many others. Here, catch all those interviews at 1057fmthefan.com. The Belmont Stakes coming up at 3:30 on the Fan. Talk to you guys next week. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ucalypt speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.